Friendship with God would like to thank you for donating to the Loreto Need. With your help, a total of $10,378 were collected in donations, and 645 food baskets were delivered to the homes of the poor people of Loreto. Visit friendshipwithgod.org and take a look at the slideshow of some of the people that you supported during this difficult time. Thank you for being an instrument of God's blessing. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, great music tonight, great time to, to be together in God's house. What a wonderful time this is. Let's just look to the Lord now and ask him to open our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for being our God tonight, our Father. Lord, thank you for opening your word to us. Thank you for opening our hearts to your word now, which is what we ask for in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now tonight, if you'd like to turn in your Bible, please, to Zechariah chapter 8. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 22 this is gonna be our text, our main text here, because it's gonna set the stage for us of what we're going to say. So Zechariah 8.22, where we read these words, Zechariah 8.22. God says, Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that 10 men shall take hold of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Now, this is the backdrop that sets the, the message for tonight. And the goal, I wanna tell you what the goal is. The goal of my message is to explain why it is important to encourage Jewish people to be saved. It's important so that the world can be saved. And by the way, the world today is not saved, and just in case that's a news flash, the world today is not saved. Not only is the world not saved today, the world really doesn't wanna be saved. They're going in the wrong direction. I just returned from a beautiful place on earth in Hawaii, and I've got a fresh new report to bring to you now, and that is that Hawaii is not saved. And there was a phrase that we sung in last Sunday's, one of the great hymns that we sing, great hymns, and one of the great hymns that we sang last Sunday was from Greenland's Icy Mountains, which by the way, I encourage you to take time to really meditate on and think about the words of that hymn. But there's a phrase in Greenland's Icy Mountains that perfectly describes Hawaii, and that phrase is, what though the spicy breezes blow soft o'er Ceylon's isle, 
Though every prospect pleases, and only man is vile. That's a why. That's a why. Every prospect pleases, and only man is vile. The problem is man. And by the way, when I was there, I heard people calling it Hawaii, and then I heard some people calling it Hawaii. So, you know, I was there, and I wanted to just fit in, so what did I do? I went and I go found a Jewish guy. I found a Jewish guy there, and I, and I said to him, pardon me, sir, can you please help me? So I want to fit in right. So is it, do you say it Hawaii, or do you say it like Hawaii? And the Jewish man looked at me, and he said, oh, that's simple. It's Hawaii. And I said, oh, thank you very much, sir. And then he said, you're welcome. <laughs> so anyway, that has absolutely nothing to do with my message tonight. I'm sorry, it's a disease, it's a total diversion. I'm sorry. But God said how much the world is lost. The world is absolutely lost. He said it in Psalm 14.1 when he says, in Psalm 14.1 it says, the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Did you get that? All gone aside, all together become filthy. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. There's quite a bit of emphasis there. So God puts this report on the world's conditions right in Psalm 14, which is at the beginning of the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is a big book. It's 150 Psalms. It's a lot, of, a lot of chapters, 150 chapters. And so God knew that maybe you'd forget that. You're reading along in Psalms, and maybe by the middle of the book, you might forget that the world really is in such a terrible condition and needs to be saved. So what did he do? Right in the middle there in Psalm 53, he repeats it. Again, it's remarkable in Psalm 53, verse two, where it says again, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and that did seek God. Every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. A Little bit rephrased there God did for us, but the message is dead the same. The world is lost, the world, there's none righteous, the world needs to be saved. There's only one hope, there's only one hope for the world, and that is the world needs to be saved. That's what the world needs. When the world is saved, then there will be both the knowledge of God, according to Isaiah 11:9 and the knowledge of the glory of God according to Habakkuk 2.14, so that was Isaiah 11.9 and Habakkuk 2.14, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of glory of God, will both cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, just like the waters cover the sea. When that happens, then you'll know the world's saved. But you know what? The world's not in that state right now. The knowledge of God, the knowledge of the glory of God is not covering the earth like the waters cover the sea. So the world's not saved. The world's lost, it's going away from God. As far as salvation is concerned, the world is dead. The world's dead and it's asleep in the grave. You know what the world's like? The world's just like the sleeping beauty and it's waiting for Israel. Isn't that interesting, Israel, Prince of God? It's the, the sleeping beauty is waiting for the Prince of God, Israel, to come along and wake it out of his sleep. You know, the world is waiting for who God is gonna send, who's gonna come and wake them out of sleep. The dead world is waiting for God to fulfill his promise, 
his, his landmark promise that he made to Abraham when he said in Genesis 12, three, a verse which is very familiar to us, and at least in how it starts, because it's the Genesis 12, three says, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee, and here's the part that's very important, that's not, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You know, we always focus on the first part of that verse. The first part of that verse is though, is God's promises, and we make bumper stickers out of them. Here we have that Israel restoration bumper sticker, and it says, Genesis 12, three, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. That's what we always focus on. But you know, we never put the second part of the verse there. The second part of that verse says, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now actually, there's a link. There's a reason why those two parts are, are part of the same verse. There's a reason why God set them together in Genesis 12, three, because there's a link between the two promises. And if you just insert the word because, then it all becomes clear. If you just look at a Genesis 12, three, and you say like this, you know, you read it like this, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee because in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That's God's focus. All families of the earth is the world. It's the world. God wants to bless the world. God wants to bless the world by saving the world. And God made this promise to Abraham about saving the world. It's very important. It's landmark. It's key for the world. The world needs it. God makes this promise in Genesis 12, three to Abraham, and then he goes ahead and repeats it to Isaac in Genesis 26, four. Genesis 26, four. Repeats it to Isaac, the son of Abraham, and then the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, Jacob. He repeats it to Jacob in Genesis 28, 14. Genesis 28, 14. What does it mean? It means that all the descendants of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that's the definition of the Jewish people. The descendants that go from, from Abraham to Isaac, not Ishmael, Isaac, to Jacob, not Esau. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that's the Jewish people. That's the Jewish people that they are going to bless all the families of the earth. They're gonna save all the families of the earth. This is the emphasis, and this is the, rather I should say, this is the picture that God wants to give us in Zechariah 8.22 which one we just read, Zechariah 8.22. And this is what God wants to show us when he says in Zechariah 8.22, and he says, God is in, this, in essence saying to us, look at this that's gonna happen. He says, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that 10 men shall take hold of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. That's a picture. That's a picture of the fulfillment of what God promised to Abraham that the Jewish people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that the Jewish people would bring the world to the Lord Jesus Christ so that the world could be saved. So that's why we say, when that is fulfilled, Israel by bringing the world to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how they're gonna save the world, by bringing the world to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? God's so excited about that, he can't wait. 
God can't wait to see the world saved. How do you know? Because he said so. In 1 Timothy 2.4, 1 Timothy 2.4, it says the Lord will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth is the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the truth, he's God. The knowledge of the truth is the knowledge of God. Oh, that's like Isaiah 11.9, that the knowledge of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And then God went on to say, God went on to say in 2 Peter 3, 9, 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So what does this all mean? God wants to see the world saved. He promised that the Jewish people, by bringing the world to, to the Lord Jesus Christ, is gonna save the world. But there's just one minor problem, just one little minor problem, and that problem with Israel saving the world is that Israel herself is not saved. And that means that Israel, Israel is very far from God. They're not just not saved, they're very far from God. And lost Israel, as he called them, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, the Lord Jesus called them that, lost Israel is in no condition to save anyone. Israel's so lost that most Jews Define a Jew as someone who's not a Christian. Oh, a Jew can be a Buddhist, he's a Jew. Oh, a Jew can be an atheist, he's a Jew. A Jew can be part of a Hare Krishna. Oh, he's a Jew, he's a Jew, he's a Jew. He's a, he's a little bit off, but he's a Jew. Uh, but a Jew, a Christian? No, absolutely not. A Jew is not a Christian because most Jews define a Jew as someone who's not a Christian. But Israel's current condition, praise God, is not their final state because the day's coming this is why we call it Israel restoration. We're looking forward to this time when Israel is restored, and that hope is given to us in a Romans 11.26. Romans 11.26, which says, all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer who shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. The deliverer is the Lord Jesus Christ. What is he gonna do? He's gonna turn away ungodliness from Jacob. He's gonna purge Jacob. He's gonna purify them. He's gonna sit down like he said. And he's gonna purify the sons of Levi that they may offer an offering to the Lord in righteousness. Romans eleven twenty six 26 is key and landmark where it says all Israel shall be saved. And when Israel is saved, then they'll bring the world to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that way, they're gonna save the world. That's when it's going to happen, Romans eleven fifteen. Romans eleven fifteen. If the casting away of them, that's the Jewish people, if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? So what's that telling us? That verse is telling us is that when Israel is saved, the world will come out of death to life. That's what it means when it says life from the dead. In other words, the world's gonna be saved, it's gonna be life from the dead. And right now, the world is like in the grave. They're dead, they're in the grave. But when Israel is saved, Israel will bring the world out of death by bringing them to the Lord Jesus Christ and out of the grave. So let's just think about it. The dead world today is waiting for Israel to get saved. Like I said, they're the sleeping beauty, it's waiting for the prince, Prince Israel, to come and wake them up. So what's that mean for us today? What that means is that if you kinda get this picture, if you sort of picture a grave, and picture a grave with the dead world in it, and it's got the tombstone, and it says, here lies the world, dead in trespasses and sins. All right, so there it is. Now picture yourself coming up to this grave. You come up to the grave, and suddenly, you hear a voice 
kind of spooky, but you hear a voice. It's coming out of the ground of the grave. It's the voice of the world. And the grave, it's the voice of the world in the grave. And the voice is calling out. And the voice is, say, the voice is calling out from the grave. And you hear it. And, and the voice says, oh, Israel, hurry up and get saved so you can bring us out of this death to life. See, that's the essence between, behind Romans eleven fifteen when it says that what shall the receiving of them be? That's the Jewish people. What shall the receiving of the Jewish people be but life from the dead for the world? Now, picture yourself. Now, again, you've heard that. Boy, you know, the world is wanting Israel to get saved so that the, they can bring them out of this, this state of death to life. And you're thinking about that, and you're about to walk away. And then the grave realizes that you're there and that you're a Christian, and now you hear the voice speaking to you. And the voice is saying, you are saved. Please go to the Jewish people to save them, to get them saved so that we can come out of this death to life. And this is what Romans eleven fifteen is saying. It's what it's teaching. What should receiving of them be but life from the dead? And now picture the world going on. Again, they're calling to you and say, if Israel, now then what happens now? is that now the grave is calling out to you, telling you, say, if Israel is saved, if Israel is saved and calls on the name of the Lord Jesus, then they'll be saved, and then they can save us, they can bring us to the Lord Jesus and, and, and get us saved, and bring us out of this death to life. Now picture that the voice now is gonna ask you five questions. Five questions, which are challenging questions. The first question is, how shall Israel call on the name of the Lord Jesus if they have not believed in him? And you're thinking about that, and then you, then you get another question. How shall they believe in him if they've never heard of him? And now the other question. How shall they hear about him without a preacher? And another question. How shall they preach except they be sent? And so you're kind of trying to digest all this and, and trying to, to sort it all out. And then the voice comes as a challenge and says, will you ask God to send you to the Jewish people to preach the Lord Jesus Christ so they can be saved and they can get us out of this state of death to life? Now those questions are all in the chapter that deal with the Jewish people, deal with Israel in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, where it says, for Romans 10, 13 through 15, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, and we love that verse. We love that verse. But just think about it in a different sense. Think about it as really put into the context of Israel and the Jewish people because that's the Romans 9, 10, 11 part of the Romans there about the Jewish people. And Romans, this is Romans 10. Okay, Romans 10. And then the next verse, Romans 10, 14, asks a question. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And another question. How shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And another question, how shall they hear without a preacher? And another question, how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Oh, the summer blitzers, they've got beautiful feet, these summer blitzers do, beautiful feet, according to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Okay, now, God is saying, you want beautiful feet? Bring the gospel to Israel. So God wants to see the world saved. He's promised that Israel will bring the world to him so the world can be saved. And that explains 
why God said that he's going to bless those that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel because God loves to see us. He wants to see the world saved. Therefore, God will bless the people who will bring the world to be saved, the Jewish people, and God will curse the people who will bring the world to the Lord Jesus to be saved. That's what it all is. It's all got to do with God wanting to see the world saved. And so, therefore, we bless. We bless the Jewish people by encouraging them to come to the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. You wanna ask me, what is the reason why Scannabody's Laboratory has been so blessed, and we have been so blessed by God? I would say it's because of our efforts to encourage the Jewish people to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, because God has promised to bless those that bless the Jewish people. Well, there's someone else who also knows that God has promised that the Jewish people is going, are going to bring the world to be saved. They're gonna be instrumental in getting the world saved. And that person does not want the world to be saved, and that person's Satan. And that explains why Satan hates and persecutes the Jewish people to the nth degree because Satan wants the world to not be saved. Satan wants the world to join him in hell for eternity. And so Satan knows that the Jewish people are going to bring the world to the Lord Jesus so that they'll be saved, and therefore Satan has tried down through the ages, one persecution after another, to destroy the Jewish people one Holocaust after another. So what is the history of the Jewish people? The history of the Jewish people, you read these books, you know, the history of the Jews, it's just a long history of Satan's attempts, one attempt after the other, to exterminate the Jewish people. It all started with the Egyptian Holocaust to systematically exterminate the Jewish people by killing all the firstborn males when Pharaoh commanded that all the male Jewish babies need to be cast into the Nile to eliminate them. And then, of course, they would only leave the beautiful Jewish women that would intermarry with the Egyptian men. And then no more Jewish people. And that was Pharaoh's curse of the Jewish people. Well, you know, God says, oh, you want to curse the Jewish people? Fine, I'll return the favor. And, we, and God cursed Egypt with 10 plagues that resulted in the destruction of Egypt and Israel leaving, or the ex Israel's exodus from Egypt. Such an important event, they named a whole book after it, second book in the Bible, Exodus. It's all about Israel's ex exodus from Egypt. Hitler called his extermination plan the final solution. Where did that name come from? That was given to Hitler. Satan gave Hitler that name because the Jewish people are a big problem for Satan because God promised that they're, that they're gonna be instrumental in saving the world. And so Hitler called his plan to exterminate the Jews the final solution, a title that emerged right out of hell as Satan's final solution to the problem of Israel saving the world. And now we have Iran. Iran calling for the death of the Jewish people. And now we have the president of Turkey. Turkey, of all places. You know, quiet little Turkey. But no, now we have the president Erdogan calling on all Muslims to rise up against Israel. And Satan has figured it out. That no Jewish people, no world saved. He's figured that out. So we have seen that if Israel is destroyed, then Satan wins. And the world is not saved because God promised that Israel would save the world, and Satan knows that. 
Satan knows that God will not break his promise. So Satan knows, no Israel, no salvation of the world. Now, this is a strategy of Satan, and it's important for us to know the strategies of Satan. God says that you need to know the strategies of Satan. He says that in 2 Corinthians 2.11, 2 Corinthians 2.11, where it says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, we know that down through the ages, as we just were talking about, that down through the ages that Satan has attempted this first strategy, which is to work through others to physically destroy Israel, Egypt, Hitler, and that has not worked. That has not worked, why? Because the Jewish people are still here. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Friendship with God would like to thank you for donating to the Loreto Need. With your help, a total of $10,378 were collected in donations and 645 food baskets were delivered to the homes of the poor people of Loreto. Visit friendshipwithgod.org and take a look at the slideshow of some of the people that you supported during this difficult time. Thank you for being an instrument of God's blessing.